Welcome to The Shift. We have Bailey and Janessa on. Janessa is a new speaker, and um, we're going to be talking about the secular and sacred divide. So thank you for tuning in. Um, let's get started. My name is Clay uh, Bailey. Thank you for joining us. Can you tell us a fun fact about you? Yeah. So um, you may remember me from our first sex podcast. Um, I work as a campus minister at Kansas State University, and um a not so fun fun fact about me is um, I actually had skin cancer at the ripe old age of 21. Um, so I had this really gnarly surgery and my face looked like Frankenstein for like four months, something like that. Um, so it's getting warmer out there and this is your PSA to put on sunscreen. Um, I am a habitual sunscreen user and I still got it. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, um, so yeah, skin cancer survivor, 23, nice. I'm a 25-year-old ulcerative colitis survivor. <laughs> I have no colon, so that's exciting. Um, so yeah, PSA to that, you know, um, people in the bathroom, hey, this is just, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it going. I also want to shave my head. No one will let me. So, you know, we're living, we're living through it out here. But this is great. Janessa, thank you so much for joining us. Um, sorry, also. <laughs> Tell us a fun fact about yourself and why you wanted to kind of bring up the secular and sacred divide. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm Janessa. Um, I'm a manager at a tea shop here in Manhattan. And my fun fact would be that I have 34 houseplants currently. Oh my gosh. I promise it's not a problem. I just know how to so propagate things. Yeah, it's great for my house. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you so much. So um, sacred and secular divide. Um, can you, to start off, can we get on the same page and kind of talk about some definitions as far as what you mean by secular and sacred? Sure. Um, so to me and just kind of the biblical definition is that, um, sacred is something that's set apart, something that's holy. And then secular is something that's not something that's of the world. It's not necessarily of God. Yeah. Okay. So sacred is something that's spiritual, but it's spiritual in a holy sense. It's from God. Um, it, and so we might talk about other spiritual elements in this podcast, but maybe make the distinction, we'll make the distinction between what's sacred and what's not um, in that spiritual context. But awesome. So first question, um, Bailey, is there a divide between secular and sacred? Yeah. So I'm immediately um, just reminded of 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Um, and I think scripturally, that kind of answers the question for me. Okay, so what I eat and drink can be for the glory of God. Um, there doesn't seem to really be anything more minuscule in my life yeah. than like the snack I'm eating at 3 p.m., you know? Um, and if that can be for the glory of God, I would think that, you know, anything could be. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> um, so, I just realized that we tend to. 
compartmentalize things and try to bring order to the chaos that's going on around us. And when we do that, sometimes we tend to separate like what we think of as Christian or sacred versus what we think of as everything else in our lives. And um, a time that I experienced this in my life was during high school. So I was saved from a really young age, but during high school was when I really kind of recommitted my life to Christ and realized that he wanted to have a personal relationship with me. And so when I began to understand that he wanted to speak into every aspect of my life and take part in that, um, that's when that divide that I had created in my life between like my quiet time and going to church and worship um, and then like what I was planning on doing with my life, that's when that divide just kind of dissolved and I realized that... God had a purpose um, just in all of that. Yeah, um, I actually had kind of a similar high school experience. I don't think I really learned that lesson till later on, but um, my high school experience was a lot about striving and about reaching my own personal goals and like having my own personal glory. Um, And I even remember there was like a lot of really good things God had placed in my heart. Like I had a really big heart for the needy and like the poor and the desolate. And um, through that, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, But really like my idea of being a lawyer was to bring myself more glory and power. um, And I wanted like my name to be known. Um, So I think there's like, there was even good things that God was trying to work out in my life. But because I had the secular and sacred divide, I couldn't like fully combine these things um, since my mind still wanted to separate um, my church life versus the rest of my life. Um, eventually the things in the rest of my life became focused on me. Yeah. And and I think like, that's, that's really awesome. I think something comes alive in us, in our faith, in our relationship with God, when we realize that he isn't isolated to a Sunday service or like our maybe daily quiet time, if you have one. Um, but he wants to be in every area of our lives and we can experience God's glory, God's nature, and even the person of God in everything we do. You can be pooping and experience the Lord. You can be eating. You can be doing whatever, and the Lord wants to be in it with you. And I think that's... (laughs) Don't give me those bases. We already started off this way. We might as well keep it going. So anyways, um, so yeah, God wants to experience that. And so like, let's go into maybe one of a specific area where... This divide is is um, looked at in our our world, which is the workplace, um, an area where we spend so much of our lives. And I think in the world we kind of see um, we see certain jobs set apart, like as maybe spiritual do- jobs, secular jobs, where it's a priest or a pastor. We kind of view them as like, oh, those people are doing are working for God. Those people are have a secular job, or I mean a a, um, a sacred job. And then everyone else has kind of a secular job, and those two things are are um, disconnected. But we see in Scripture that even with Adam and Eve, um, the Lord gave Adam and Eve a mission in their work, and He wanted to actually partner with them. And it says in Genesis two fifteen, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And so you see right there that. Um, God, God gave Adam a sort of a mission, an Eve a mission, um, and wanted them to co-partner in uh, this like greater purpose. Um, we also see another one 
um, apart from that, even after the fall in um, Exodus, the first person who was filled with the Spirit of God after the fall uh, was a name was a man named Bezalel, Bezalel, um, and it says in let's see Exodus thirty one three it says and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship to create artistic designs for work in gold and silver and in bronze. So we see even in like a builder, an architect, God wants to partner with that person and bless them, give them wisdom and knowledge um, to make the world a, a sacred place. So, um, so yeah, do you guys um, see that? Is there a sacred element to the workplace that you guys see? Yeah, God's definitely been teaching me a lot about just what you've said, like how he wants to be present in um, every aspect of our lives and especially where we spend so much of our time in the workplace. And um, like I mentioned before, I'm a manager of a tea shop. That's not like a quote unquote ministry job, but God's been able to use me to just be able to build relationships with people there and connections with them. And the way that I've seen him moving is just um, in asking people questions about their lives and not necessarily asking them like whether they're saved or not or whether they know who Jesus is, but just really being there for them, um, asking them kind of like what they're going through, what their struggles are, what their family background might be. And in all of that, God is always moving somewhere, is always speaking. And it's just our job to identify that thing and speak to that. And there's a verse that talks about this too. Um, it's Ephesians 1, 23, and it says, the church is his or Jesus's body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So like I said, he's always moving. He's always speaking. He's everywhere. He's filling everything. And um, he's just more than willing to talk to us about those things and wants to bring them up in people's lives. Yeah, um, I think for me, that lesson was uh, really made concrete in college. And since I do work in a ministry field, um, it was so important for me to learn that, man, God wanted to be a part of my homework and God wanted to be a part of like where I was employed at um, when I was employed during college. Um, and you know what? I found myself like learning how to steward um, so many things in my life, like my health and my money and my family relations, um, like it even moved past the workplace. Um, once I realized that God like had a desire and a mission for all of those things and the mission was greater than I just want you to make a paycheck so you can buy food and things <laughs> um, like he had a greater desire for all those things. And not only does that like make us a good witness, like the Bible says, hey, um, man, we need to be focusing on, yeah, not focusing and not like putting it in the center. Um, but there is an aspect of our own families, like we need to be stewarding our finances um, because it does make us a good witness when somebody else is like, hey, your life is a flaming disaster and it's your fault. Like, why would I want to listen to what you have to say about Jesus um, clearly he hasn't done a lot for you, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's like one part of it, but also we work a lot. Like we work half of our waking hours. If you're sleeping eight hours a night, I hope you are, um, bless that for you. Everyone else 
continue to work towards that goal. Um, you wake up and you probably work an eight hour day. And then even the time you're not working, you may be cleaning or doing chores, like taking care of somebody. Um, so there's a lot of our life is work and it's pretty sad and just like depressing if that work time isn't purposeful. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really encouraged by those verses, Clay, um, from Genesis and Exodus, like, yeah, God made work and he said it was good. Um, it was the very first thing that people did on earth was work and be in communion with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all those things I've learned. And one thing really recently is God even wants to be like a part of the fun in my life. Yeah, um, God's also been speaking to me a lot about just wanting me to celebrate life and to enjoy life with him and with other people. And so I can really um, just relate to like trying to find God in the fun areas of our lives, whether that's like going to the park with friends or you're watching a movie or you're listening to music, like those can all be things that glorify God. And that's something that he wants to be a part of as well. Yeah. Um, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 8.15. It says, so I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. Um, and I know this is like a verse, there's a different translation of this verse that says drink wine and be merry. So that's kind of like the shortened version that, um, in my friend group will use to kind of just like remind ourselves, Hey, God has like called us to drink wine and be merry to like enjoy our lives, enjoy each other. Um, and I'll let you like have your own convictions and read in the Bible about what drinking alcohol looks like for you. Um, depending on your age and where you live and everything. But yeah, like sometimes we just say that to each other. If we're stressing about life or not allowing ourselves to enjoy, you know, the great things God put, has put in front of us, just drink wine and be merry. Like God made us to be in communion with each other and with him. Um, and that should be a joyful thing. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so another um, place I'm going to transition a little bit. Um, to music and media. And this, this one is really, um, I see this really big um, in music and media, the sacred element. Because, I mean, if you look at movies, um, whether it's like, like Disney does this super well with movies like Lion King or Frozen or these other types of movies that are so weird. There's so many weird elements to it, but they're so engaging. And like even adult, adults are like, wow, we love these movies. And I think to me, it like speaks to something di deeper, um, something we crave and long for, something um, we're created in the image of, right? Uh, like these movies have a, a savior element. They have good and evil in this battle. And of course, we're talking about Hollywood. So even, even like a non-Christian movie, it might have some things that get off, the, off track a little bit, maybe aren't perfectly biblical, but... Do you guys see God in these elements, like music and media, where we can experience the the glory or the character of God in these things? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, God has like put desires into our hearts that um, 
media just tends to reach, tends to call up outside of us. And um, like you mentioned, there's a lot of movies that focus on some sort of redemption narrative or um, some sort of savior figure in the movie or the battle between good and evil. And I think that's all, like you said, just a sacred element where we can see God's hand throughout the world and the things that people um, desire the most. Or in music, if it's like a love song or even a sad song or whatever it might be, it's just speaking towards the emotions that God has given us and the desire that we have to be close to people or confessing the voids that we sense in our life that God has put there to be filled by himself and we're trying to fill with other things. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think one thing that I think about when it comes to music and media is it's just very evident that our words have power. Um, so yeah, like the words that are said in in lyrics or um, the messages in a movie maybe um, that are being portrayed, like those are powerful things. Um, so I think it's important to know um, that there are spiritual forces, um, both like messages of God, biblical things, but also even lies that the enemy is trying to push into our society um, that are being shoved in media. Um, So we really have to depend on like the Holy Spirit to be discerning, okay, what is the message of this song? What is the message of this movie, of this book? Um, And what am I feeding my soul? And what am I like repeating, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, probably just because I'm like, about to be a mother is um, discerning like whether something is actually helpful or not for um, my children to one day be watching or listening to. Um, I know a lot of parents like want to avoid things that have like violence or um, sex or destruction. Um, But I like think about the Bible and there's a lot of those things in the Bible. Um, Like the whole Bible is just full of that. So I think it's really important, okay, like, is it glorifying violence? Is it glorifying destruction? Is it glorifying, like, premarital sex? Um, Looking at those aspects, and it's really about, yeah, what's the message being sent here? Not just, like, I have a list of things I will never hear about. Um, Because being naive to the world doesn't make us impactful in it, you know? Yeah. there's real like biblical truths. Sometimes like, yeah, some of the greatest movies I've ever seen are like, can be violent or have destruction in them. Um, But there's like redemptive uh, parts of them or like, there's really like straight up biblical truths Mm -hmm. in some, like you said, Disney movies, like Disney will literally sometimes have biblical truth in them. And sometimes they'll have things that aren't great. But um, I think that's why we have to be discerning Mm -hmm. and figuring out, okay, what could be the motive behind this? Like, what could God be using um, this media for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, and Bailey, you had a scripture you wanted to read? Yeah, um, yeah, Philippians 4.8. So this is kind of the guide that I use when I'm thinking about the media. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Um, and I think that's what really helps me determine. That's kind of my guide um, for when I'm consuming media. 
um, I can just compare it to there and think, you know, is this noble? Is this right? Um, and set my mind on those things. Yeah, that's so good. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we have for this podcast, but um, just like what really I take away from this is, man, no matter what I'm doing, um, whatever activity, wherever I'm at, whatever I'm spending my time in, I can bring, or I can see God in those things. Mm -hmm. And if I can't see God in those things, maybe I should not be doing them. Um, But yeah, I can glorify God. I can experience a deeper relationship with God in those things. Um, So yeah, and I think one of the things I want to express to everyone listening is just this idea of of relationship. Like, to get to know someone, you have to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. And if you set apart and you're like, oh, if I'm married to someone and I only spend time with them at this certain place at this certain time, you're not going to know them very well. You might know it, an aspect of them, but you're not going to know them very well. And I think it's the same thing with Jesus. Um, if we isolate him to a certain place in our lives, we're just not going to know the full person of who God is mm-hmm. um, that we could know. So I encourage you guys, if you're listening, to really do that and think, are there areas of my life that I've set apart or have separated from God and not allowed God in. And and I encourage you to really um, reconcile that. Um, But yeah, otherwise, thank you so much for your thoughts, Bailey and Janessa, and coming on. Um, This was really great and impactful. Um, Next week, we're going to have our friend Andrew on, and we'll discuss authenticity. And he's a very authentic guy, so he'll have a lot of great things to share. Um, If there's a topic you'd like to hear about or questions, um, you can message us on Instagram at underscore the shift. Um, but otherwise, thank you both for coming on. Um, we'll see you guys later. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Clay. Bye. <laughs>